I'm joined online by Saku Pinta, uh, who is an activist historian working in, um, in Thunder Bay, uh, Ontario, and has done a lot of work uncovering um, relatively undercovered aspects to labor history in, in Canada, in these territories, uh, particularly communities working in different um, uh, industries around natural resources, um, from logging mills to mines, um, different sectors uh, in the north, um, particularly communities from Nordic uh, heritage. Um, and it's really a part of history that has not been explored much. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So um, I guess first to start, it, broadly speaking, um, could you just share with us a bit about your focus on these topics and why you felt it was important to um, share these elements of, of history? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I suppose part of it goes down to my own um, heritage. Um, I, I was born in Finland, uh, but grew up in Canada, in Thunder Bay. And um, a lot of these historical explorations really come out of my own experience within the Finnish community. Uh, for years and years, uh, I was employed at the Hoito restaurant, um, and uh, the, the Hoito, which is still around, uh, was established on uh, May 1st, 1918, as a, uh, as a cooperative restaurant, um, mainly by uh, bush workers. And um, so uh, I, I sort of started to uncover a lot of this history um, at, at sort of um, uh, at an early age. I, I was interested in, um, in sort of what had happened in my community in the decades before my family moved to Thunder Bay and, um, and the, the, sort of, the sort of legacy uh, of these ideas and the legacy of... of um, of you know the labor movement uh, and um, and activism in uh, northern Ontario and uh, I would say Canada more broadly and uh, and even into the United States. Um, so um, yeah, um, sorry, I, I can't remember the second part of the question. Well, um, your your work has really uh, looked at specific incidences and specific examples, but if you could explore a bit more as to how you feel these moments historically were transformative in terms of the formation of labor unions and why today it's important to sort of look at the very urgent and uh, transformative nature of, of these, these movements at the time. Sure, yeah. Um well, in terms of um, in terms of the the district of Thunder Bay and, and northern Ontario more broadly, um, Finnish immigrants uh, were really instrumental in forming the sort of the earliest uh, attempts at uh, organizing uh, bush workers. So um, you know, so this would have been um, sort of in the nineteen tens. And um, so sort of previously to this, um, and I'm sure a lot of people that work in the service industry uh, can kind of understand where um, the, the, the sort of the impulse is that if you're being mistreated or um, your, your wages are low 
or something else, you just kind of you get up and, and you go to another job. And oftentimes, you just find the same sorts of conditions at, 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 um, at another job. It's, it's really no different from the one that you left. And uh, this was really kind of what was going on in a lot of these, these scattered uh, bush camps. Now, a lot of these were, um, were really remote. Like, you would have to hike, you know, tens of kilometers from a, from a spur line or from a, um, a railway siding into the bush to, to get to these bush camps. Um, so, you know, sort of around the 1910s, there was a really kind of a concerted effort to start organizing. Um, the, the first um, uh, uh, sort of efforts uh, weren't successful. Um, it wasn't really until uh, kind of the, the early 1920s in Ontario that... Um, that the, the that they they sort of started to have a, a lot more success in in terms of organizing, but it is worthwhile to note that um, uh, the industrial workers of the world, uh, which had um, formed a, a sort of a solid foundation, a, a solid base in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, actually, uh, they launched um, what is arguably the first, the very first strike in the uh, the logging industry. The very first strike that was um, that was carried out under a union banner. Um, and they did so at a, a, a sort of a very strategic time. They, they did so uh, during the um, the river drive, the log drive. So uh, so this is in the spring and um, you know what would happen is uh, um, during the winter that's when cutting would, would happen because the ground and the boreal forest is frozen, um, and it's 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 hard, and it's it's uh, it's sort of easy to to pull logs around. You know, these logs would be left, um, you know, physically on top of lakes or close to lakes and rivers. And uh, when this when the spring melt happened, and the rains combined with the spring melt, the uh, the the level of the rivers would rise, and they could float those logs down to. Um, you know, to the to the paper mills or, or to, to whatever purpose the, the logs were being cut for. And um, so they struck at that sort of strategic time, and that really risked the uh, the supply of, of uh, that winter's uh, timber. So um, so that was kind of one of the early successes. And, uh, and Finnish immigrants kind of from there on in, um, up until about the 1930s, 1940s, uh, really formed the the backbone of the uh, the labor union movement um, in in the forests, um, and it's it's also worthwhile uh, mentioning I think that uh, previous to this and and after this as well, there was um, a very large contingent uh, of Finnish organizers and Finnish unionists in uh, places like uh, Cobalt, Ontario and uh, Timmins, uh, South Porcupine, uh, these communities in northeastern Ontario um, that had uh, gold and silver and, and, and cobalt mines. Um, so they were really sort of instrumental in, in laying that, that sort of early foundation uh, for labor unionism, especially in these sort of basic industries. So I think um, in, terms, in terms of uh, how this time is understood in popular political culture. Um, maybe there isn't a lot of understanding of the repression that uh, union organizers faced um, and how much that struggle was part of 
um, the building of the existence of labor rights within the Canadian legal framework. Could you talk about this? Sure, yeah. Um, it's, um, I mean, it was often a, a dangerous endeavor. Um, so uh, the, the subcontractors and uh, the, the, um, the, the bosses, um, they, they didn't want uh, labor unions in, in those camps, of course. Um, and uh, a lot of people uh, paid with, with their lives. A uh, very famous case in uh, Thunder Bay area was um, uh, Janne Rosfall and uh, Vilio Votilainen. Uh, sorry, um, Janne Votilainen and Vilio Rosfall. Uh, these were two, um, two union organizers uh, that had um, left Thunder Bay to, uh, in 1929 uh, to um, uh, sort of encourage uh, one of these logging camps to join a, a large strike, and um, sometime between uh, getting to the to the camp, um, nobody knows exactly when, but uh, they, they disappeared, and uh, their bodies were um, weren't um, uncovered until uh, the following spring. Uh, the bodies were both found in uh, shallow water. And uh, the, the 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 murder, if 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 it was indeed a murder, um, the deaths certainly uh, were never uh, satisfactory satisfactorily solved for the for uh, much of the Finnish community. Um, people had a really difficult time believing that uh, two experienced uh, woodsmen um, could could drown in, in shallow water. So there it, there was um, there was widespread. Uh, suspicions of a foul play in uh, in that instance, and um, you know, and this is this is just one of the most uh, famous examples. Um, Canadian author uh, Michael Andante has uh, gave a fictionalized account of this um, in uh, in his book *In the Skin of a Lion*. Um, so it's it's kind of uh, this this case has has kind of penetrated uh, Canadian consciousness to an extent. Um, very symbolic moment as well. Uh, they disappeared in 1929, and uh, they were recovered, uh, you know, right around the time when the, the Great Depression, the stock market crash, uh, unemployment. Um, it's also worth noting that uh, that the funeral for uh, for Vilio um, Rosfall and Jan Nevotilainen uh, was the largest one ever held in the city of Thunder Bay, uh, which at that time was the, uh, the twin cities of Port Arthur and Fort William. Um, but sort of adding... Um, uh, a sort of uh, very epic element to this to this uh, uh, to this event was um, a solar eclipse uh, during their funeral march. So, um, so needless to say, um, th- there was um, the the process of of organizing uh, the the bush camps um, was uh, was violent. Um, there's there's a lot of violence on the on the part of um, on the part of the companies on the part of uh, the the authorities, um, but also sort of um, uh, perhaps less dramatic ways as well. Um, it, if if you were a known organizer or sympathizer, um, it was very possible that uh, you know you would end up on the blacklist and. Uh, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be able to secure employment in that field. So, um, yeah, there was there was certainly um, certainly a lot of difficulties um, uh, back in the the sort of uh, early twentieth uh, century. 
And uh, for you today, um, what has driven you to really focus on this and to share these stories and this history? Also, as somebody who I know um, through uh, social activism around different issues, whether it's um, indigenous uh, rights to land, uh, environmental justice, why has this been important for you? Well, uh, you know, I think that um, I think that there's a lot of lessons that can be that can be drawn from these uh, examples. I mean, um, it's not possible to recreate the the historical conditions that that led to these. Um, led to these social forms, but I, I think that there's a lot that can be drawn from this. Um, you know, the, the Finnish um, left and, and Finnish labor activists belong to um, a, a very broad um, culture. So, um, you know, any community with any sizable Finnish population typically had a, a labor or socialist hall, and uh, and these were really sort of key locations for things even beyond, um, you know, uh, strictly labor or political organizing, um, theater, athletics, um, you know, lectures, uh, all, all manner of activity. Uh, the, the, the big hall here, the Finnish Labor Temple, um, you know, is a multi-story building that, you know, houses a restaurant, uh, you know, a large hall that's featured speakers, um, you know, the, the leadership of the Winnipeg General Strike spoke at the hall. Um, uh, ben Fletcher, uh, the famous uh, African-American uh, longshoreman from uh, Philadelphia, uh, spoke at the hall. Uh, you know, all, all manner of, of, um, of activities, uh, both educational and recreational. And I think that's really a, a sort of a key element when it comes to the success in um, really in any sort of organizing. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, you can see sort of modern-day equivalents with uh, the social center movement um, in Italy and other places in Europe. Um, in other instances like that where, you know, nobody really wants to be a martyr, you know. Nobody really wants to join a cause just to lose, you know. And, uh, and th- there's, when you have this sort of, this sort of community that's attending to um, different kinds of, of needs of the movement, um, artistic, cultural, um, political, economic, uh, you know, it really increases your, your chances of, of success. Um, you know, and uh, this time period, I think, is also um, illustrative because, you know, uh, before the 1940s, um, you know, labor law was, was really in its infancy in Canada, um, so labor contracts were, were far from the norm, uh, during this period. And, um, you know, I, I think we're in a moment now where, uh, for a lot of reasons, our current period, um, more and more, um, resembles that time period, um, where, uh, arguably, um, you know, some of the, um, organizing that's, that's simply based on, um, on contracts and, and simply based on, uh, on elections, uh, has, has perhaps run its course or is perhaps not as effective as it was, um, sort of during the, the boom times from the, you know, the 1950s and, and 1960s. And, uh, you know, there, there's, I think that there's, there's a lot of utility in examining some of these historical examples of non-contractual organizing, 
um, and you know how that could um, help to improve uh, living and working standards, and what the role of the broader community is in those sorts of uh, those sorts of endeavors. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. It's my pleasure. We've been speaking with Saku Penta, uh, who is an activist historian based in Thunder Bay.